Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. About being honest with God and honest with ourselves this morning, okay? So last week was honest with God. This morning we're going to talk about being honest with ourselves. Next week we're going to talk about being honest with each other. Before we get into the word in Isaiah, I want to read some stats um, about honesty. Studies show that 20% of students started cheating in the first grade. Starts early, amen? And that 50% of middle school students and 70% of high school students have cheated. Fake Resume is an actual website that offers a resume tune-up. You can even get fake references and transcripts from any university with the GPA you desire. Now, how many know that's a fact because there was a big, big thing with some celebrities recently that got busted for that, right? Background Information Service exists. It's, it's a company that will do your background check, but when they do it, they'll hide some stuff. And then it says that over half of, well over half of all resumes today contain false information about past work experience or educational credentials so all this is to say that we are in a society that does not tell the truth right and we're in a society that doesn't understand ephesians 4 25 that says we're supposed to lay aside falsehood and speak the truth now listen to this science says we're all big fat liars one study shows that 60 percent listen to this 60 percent of people cannot go through a 10-minute conversation without telling a lie some kind of lie. And it says that uh, it, most people who lied in that came up with three lies in that short amount of time, on an average, in that 10-minute conversation. Other research shows that the average person lies at least once a day, and that's not even mentioning politics or online dating. <laughs> Amen. So there's also a, a tea company called Honest Tea, and, and they, they made the tea because they wanted to be honest about the ingredients that they were putting in it. And so they did a study around the United States and they would go sell their tea. It was called Honest Tea. And they would put a tarp and a, and a, and a canopy and put some, some product out and they would leave. And they would put a sign that says $1 per bottle, honesty policy. If you want one, pay for it. Now stay with me on this because this is where we're going to get the, to the meat of the message. What happened is in that study, 90% of people paid for it. 90%, 9 out of 10 people put a dollar in the thing instead of stealing it. Only 1 out of 10 stole. But I, I begin to wonder, why, why did, were people so honest in that survey? And here's the answer, because they were in public. When you're around other people, it is a tendency to be more honest because you are concerned about what other people think about you. And, and, and that's what we're going to get into this morning, is, is how honest are we when nobody else is around Right? Character is what you do when nobody else is looking. Amen. Now, I'm not expecting a whole lot of amens, so don't worry. I'm not going to preach any different. Amen. But John 8, 32, for our, this is our text for the three weeks, tells us this. You'll know the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free. Make you free. Amen. How many want to be truly free this morning? Truly, truly free in your lives. Amen. The rest of you, I hope you want to be saved someday. Amen. I'm going to ask you that again. How many want to be truly free? So we know when we get saved, the Bible tells us we're forgiven and we're set free. But how many know we've got some work to do? There's some things in our lives and areas we've got to work on. 
Father, just anoint your word this morning for the next few minutes. Speak to us. Lord, we're open, we're honest, we're available, we're transparent, we're willing this morning to have you speak your, your word to us and that your word would become medicine to us, Father. We come against every spirit of the enemy that would distract, cause us to be uh, thinking about other things or not allow this word to penetrate our hearts, to make us who you want us to be. Father, let your word come alive in us and let us leave different than when we came in. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to get into a few scriptures here in this uh, series and show you what the Bible says. We're going to look at Isaiah 59. When we read the Bible, how many know that when you read the Bible, you are looking at a mirror? You're literally looking at a mirror. And that is what God intended the Bible to be like. As you look at it, it reveals who you are. Okay? And so sometimes, maybe that's why we don't read the Bible as much as we should, right? Because we don't like what it tells us. And we need to realize that you know, regardless of what it's telling us, it's always going to be honest. There was that old movie, Mirror, Mirror on the Wall, right? Who's the fairest of them all? We, we, we have to ask God, God, tell us, tell us who we are. Tell us what we, what we need to do. Tell us what's wrong with us. And here's the cool thing about God. He will be honest. He won't lie to you, right? In, in society, we have people, if we ask somebody, especially husbands, we know we, when we're careful, when our wives ask us how they look, right? Because that's a trick question sometimes, right? But we have to be honest, right? How many know a lot of times when you ask a question, there's a, there's a, there's a danger in, in giving the truth? But how many know when we ask God a question, he will always tell us the truth? He's not going to tell us what we want to hear. He's going to tell us the honest, his honest opinion. And his word does that. And so we begin to think about honesty and why is it so hard to be honest? Why is it so hard to tell the truth? And, and, and maybe you're here and you're going, man, I'm in that 30%. I never cheated in school. Or, or maybe I'm in, that one out of, I'm in that 9 out of 10. I definitely would never steal or whatever. But a lot of times when we think we're right and we think we're good, God begins to show us that there's still some areas in our life we need to work on. And the, the thing is, is this is an old age problem. Isaiah 59, 4 says, No one calls for justice, nor does anyone plead for the truth. They trust in empty words, and they speak lies. Now, I want to leave this up here for a second, because I want us to think about what Isaiah is saying. And it says, They conceive evil, and they bring forth iniquity. What God is doing here is He's not saying it's okay that nobody calls for justice. He's not saying... You know, it's okay that no one pleads for the truth. He's stating a fact. This is kind of a, his word is kind of the state of the union for us. It's like, here's where you're at, and here's, here's where you need to be. But he's stating a fact here that, 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 that no one's doing this. But he's hoping some men and some women would call for justice. He's hoping that even though it seems like no one pleads for the truth, somebody would stand up and be truthful. Amen? He's always saying, he's, he says, though they're trusting in empty words, he's saying, I need some men and I need some women who will not trust in empty words, but they will trust in God's word. Right? Put their trust in the right thing. And, and it says they speak lies. He's hoping for some godly people who will speak the truth. And then it says they conceive evil and bring forth iniquity. Now look at another verse, Proverbs 16, verse 2. Why do we have such a problem with honesty? Because the Bible tells us all the ways of man are pure in his own eyes. Now, I want to stay here for a second because this is an area where, where God's got to work on us and, and, and help us because here, here's the thing where we need the Holy Spirit. I mean, how many, how many need the Holy Spirit? We really need the Holy Spirit because when the Holy Spirit speaks, something happens. And the reason I want to stay on this is because 
there, you might be that person, I might be that person, we might be those people who are right in our own eyes. And what that means is, I, I did a discipleship uh, maybe a year, year and a half ago, and, and I put a can in the middle of the table. There was about 10 or, 15 of us, 10 or 15 of us on a Friday morning. And I asked the guys, what color is that can? And it was an orange can. And the reason I know it was orange is because it was Orange Crush. Okay, so the company said it was orange. But as, as everybody at the table could look at that can and say it's orange, it's orange, it's orange, there could be somebody, there could be two people at that table who could say it's purple or could say it's red or could say it's green. And in their eyes... That's the color it is. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Doesn't anybody know somebody like that? No matter how many people tell them they've got a problem, they don't have a problem. No matter how many people tell them it's this color, it's not that color. Because they're right in their own eyes. That is a dangerous place to be as a Christian. Amen? There's something about being in this fellowship of church and fellowship of, of, of gathering together, and this is why God intended this, so we could get around each other and not judge and beat each other up, but we could be honest. And, and, and then we could be honest with ourselves and say, you know what, I've got a problem. I think I'm right, but I'm not. And I've got to get to that place where it's personal with myself. It says, but the Lord weighs the spirits. Right? So, so this goes back to last week. Why is it so important that I'm honest with God? Because if I'm not honest with God, I cannot be honest with myself. And I've got to realize that even if I think I'm right, God is looking at my, write this down, your motives. God weighs the motives. There's other verses that say his weight, he weighs the intentions of our hearts. So he's really looking inside and he's seeing why we do what we do. Why we cover that thing up or why we say a half truth or why we do different things like that now I want us to go to Jeremiah chapter 17 and this is going to kind of be the the main part of the verse of the sorry of the message so we can really understand the struggle of honesty why do we have such a problem because the Bible tells us in Jeremiah 17 9 that our heart is deceitful above all things okay it's deceitful I don't have to go back this morning to that Sunday school area and teach those kids how to steal. Yes, I just called your kid a thief. Amen. <laughs> or lie. Right? Some of y'all don't have lying kids, right? None of us have lying kids or stealing kids. Right? If I put a $5 bill out on that table in that Sunday school area, I wouldn't have to teach a kid to take it. They would take it automatically because our heart is wicked. Our heart is deceitful. It says it's not just deceitful and wicked, it's desperately wicked. That thing that we have inside of us that's our soul and our spirit, it's something that, and it's the Bible says, who can know it? Leave that up there for a second. Who can know it? How many know God can know it? But you know what? We can know it too. Because God can reveal to us what our heart is. And sometimes God shows us that our heart is not very pretty. Sometimes God shows us that our heart is dirty and it's wicked, and it's messed up, and it needs to be changed, and it needs to be cleaned. Amen? And so he goes on to say in the next verse, I, the Lord, search the heart. And as he searches, watch what he does. I test the mind. How many know that we are in a test? Constant test. Our life is a test. Everything we're doing on this side of heaven is for heaven 
in eternity, and it's going to be rewarded. We're going to be held accountable for it. We talked about that on Wednesday. It's so important that we think about that. And God is looking and testing us and seeing where our heart is at with things. And, and it's always a heart issue. Has anybody been saved long enough to realize it's always a heart issue? It's always a heart issue. Whether it's being honest about money, whether it's being honest with your friends, being honest about uh, your, your, your punctuality or showing up to a place or where you've been or where you went or anything, it's always a heart issue. And God says in his word that, that he's searching and he's testing. And, he's, and, he, and, and this is the thing that really gets me. It says, even to give to every man according to his ways. Now, when we get out of high school and college, we think the tests are over. But how many know the tests aren't over? Amen. The tests continue all of our lives, especially as Christians. And so he's allowing things to happen so he can see how we'll react. But he's not just allowing things to see how we'll react in public. What he really wants to see is how we will react by ourselves. Right? Isn't that really where it matters? Isn't that really where, if we don't believe that, let's go back to that, that test they did. Nine out of ten people did the right thing because they knew they were in public. I would have been interesting to do that same test if it had been in an alley. Or if it had been in a, in a room all by itself and people walked in and there was no cameras or anything like that. It probably would have been a different number. Because when nobody's around, we tend to be less honest with ourselves and more deceitful because our heart is wicked. How many see the battle there? Now, I want to give you an example this morning that I hope sticks with you as it has stuck with me. This literally has been one of those things that's been like glue for me in my life to remember and to have motivation. How many know we need some motivation sometimes? We need motivation to stay on the course. And as he says in this verse, and we're just going to leave that there for a second and, and, just, and just keep focusing on this. He says, to get, he says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. There was a man who was a very good construction worker. He could do everything. He could frame, he could do drywall, he could paint. He was a great construction worker, and he had a great boss. His boss was very prosperous. His boss had a lot of money. He had a very successful business. They would build custom homes. And one time this, this uh, owner came to his, his worker and he said, I want, I want you to do something. You've been so good. You've been such a faithful worker. I want you to do something. I'm going to give you the plans for this house. I want you to build this house totally, all you, everything you want to do. And when you build it, you're going to get the profit off of it. And you're going to make money off this house. It's going to be your money. So the man says, okay. And he begins to build the house. He begins to do the foundation. He begins to do the walls. Everything he did and every step along the way, he cut corners. Everything from the foundation to the, to the wood that he used. Instead of using the best wood, he used half-grade wood. Instead of using the best screws and nails, he used the cheaper nails. Instead of using the good, uh, the, the good mirrors and the bathrooms and the good faucets and the good cabinets and all the good stuff, he cut corners. And he made everything cheap. And when he got done with the house after a few months... He had his boss come, and his boss came to inspect. Now, here's the interesting thing. I want you to pay attention to this. From the outside, he thought, man, this is a nice-looking house. It looked good on the outside. Church, we cannot be those Christians who look good on the outside. Right? Because let me just be real this morning. Too many Christians today look good on the outside. 
Too many Christians have it together on the outside, but they're different on the inside. There's something that's not real. There's something, and we wonder sometimes why in the world people don't want to get saved. Amen. We have to be different. There has to be something in our lives that is different. And so this man this built this house and it looked beautiful from the outside. So the, the owner goes in and he starts walking around and he starts looking at all the stuff he built. And as he's walking around, he doesn't say a word about anything that he notices because how many know that master builder knows construction? Because he taught that man everything. And as he's walking around, he begins to notice that the floor that he put down is not only not level, but it's cheap wood. As he's walking around, he notices that some of the corners of the drywall don't look like the houses that they built. He starts looking around and noticing that the cabinets aren't the cabinets that they would put in. He didn't put real granite in. He put some cheap stuff in. He went to the bathrooms and noticed that the fixtures that they were there, that they usually use in their houses, weren't there and he just kept noticing all these things, but he didn't say anything to the guy. And so once the inspection was over, he goes to the front door with his worker and he says, Here, sir, this is your house. I'm giving it to you. He was no longer going to sell it for money. Now it was his. And now this man owned a house he built. And he built it by being dishonest. And now he has to live in that house. And everything from the foundation to the roof was cutting corners and being dishonest and using cheap things. And now he had to live in it. Church, that is a picture of what we are building for our eternity. Every time we cut a corner, every time we lie, every time we... Now listen, I'm not talking about those mistakes we make as human beings. I'm talking about covering things up. I'm, copying, I'm talking about not dealing with issues. I'm talking about trying to, to get away with things that people don't see. Every time we cut that corner, we are not hurting God and we are not hurting other people. We are hurting ourselves because we're building a foundation for ourselves and he says to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Listen to this. I'm not going to live in your house, and you're not going to live in my house in heaven. We're going to live in the house we built. How many want to build a good house in heaven to live in? Amen? So it comes from integrity and honesty and thinking that those little things sometimes that don't seem like a big deal are. Because if I don't major in the minors, I'm not going to do good on the big things. Can't cut corners. I mean, I was telling the first service, just even simple little things sometimes like eating a chew, piece of chewing gum and, and, and just having the temptation just to drop the, tr the trash on the ground or throw it out the window. Little things where the Holy Spirit will convict you. Say, don't do that. Is that that big of a deal? Yes, because the Holy Spirit told you not to do it. It's a test, right? And a lot of times we think, God, how come you're not using more? Or how come I'm not seeing greater things in my life? Because God says, I need you to pass the little test first. Because you're representing me. How many realize we're representing God? So we have to be honest with ourselves. If, if you're at, and I, and I pray to God this doesn't happen in our church, but let me tell you something that happens in churches. If you invite someone to church and they see you at the club Saturday night and you're here at church on Sunday morning, they're not going to want to be a Christian. They see you at the bar, they see you, whatever. Whatever issue, thing you want to put in there, there's got to be something different. or We've got to be honest with ourselves. Amen. Come on, someone give me an amen so I can move on. Amen. I test the mind even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. I want to have you write three things down just this morning, real quick. Three things. Three reasons. There's 50, 100 million reasons, but here's three. 
Three reasons we need to be honest with ourselves. Number one, without honesty with ourselves, we cannot repent of all of our sins. We cannot repent of all of our sins if we're not honest with ourselves. 1 John 1.8 says this, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. I, I remember reading this a lot when I first got saved and I didn't really understand it. But if you turn it around a little bit, it makes sense. Watch this. We deceive ourselves if we say we have no sin. You see that? We're lying to ourselves. It, it, that's, where we, that's where we say, well, my sin, here's what we do. My sin's not as bad as so-and-so's sin. Right? We're comparing ourselves. When you're comparing your sin to somebody else's, or you're comparing your life to somebody else's, you're not worrying about yourself. You're not being honest with yourself. And church, this is what we're good at as human beings. When we have a problem we're dealing with, we are good at finding somebody else's problem to look at. I'm going to stay here for a second whether you want me to or not. Amen? We're good at that. If I'm hiding something, we are good at making sure we're, we're putting some flashlight on somebody else's problem. Because we don't want the flashlight on us. We're good at that. As human beings, we're good at that. Why? Because the heart is deceitful. It's wicked. And so we got to understand, if I say I have no sin, I don't have a problem, and I'm not honest with myself, I'm deceiving. I'm not deceiving you. It says I deceive who? Myself. And the, and the truth is not in us. i got to be honest with myself. i got to be honest with myself and not try to lie to myself and tell me that I'm better than I am. I need Jesus. Does anybody in here need Jesus this morning? Amen. That's the first thing you ought to be honest about is that you need Jesus. So without honesty, we cannot repent of all of our sin. Number two, we have to be honest in order for God to change us. We've got to come clean with God. And we've got to say, Lord, there's some things that I've been hiding or there's some things that I haven't, I haven't admitted or there's some things that I haven't come clean on. And in, in, his, in the next verse in 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess those sins... How many know that you cannot confess my sins? Just stop right here for a second and realize how important it is to be honest with yourself. You, I can't confess your sins for you. I can't say, oh, Lord, forgive so-and-so for that thing they did or for that thought they, for that, imagine, for that thought they had. I don't know what your thoughts are. You don't know what my thoughts are. And, and this is kind of where there's a danger in church because so many people, again, you can look the part. When, when, you, when you look at a building like that house and it looked nice from the outside, nothing looked wrong. It was standing, probably had pretty paint, looked good on the exterior. But once he got in on the inside and he started seeing the, the floor was a little bit uneven and he started seeing the cheap materials, it's inside. It's the inside thing. That's why I have to be honest with myself because I can stand up here in a suit and look nice and have it together and talk the talk and walk the walk, but I might be rotting inside. There was a time when we, were, we had built a stage in Costa Rica. I've said this before, but I think it's fitting this morning. A stage very similar to this in Costa Rica, and we had a major rain come into our building. I'll never forget Pastor Marshall was there, and it was crazy. We had a flood in the building. Like everything broke, and it was like, <sighs> so water went everywhere. And, and, and later on, we went to try to fix the stage. It got all messed up. We pulled pieces of wood off, off the stage, and, and I held a piece of 4 by 4 up in my hand, 
and the one side looked super nice. It was like strong, and I, and I could hit it like this and everything. But then I turned it around, and it was totally eaten out on the inside by, uh, help me, termites. Totally eaten out. And then I, so I, I hit it again on the outside, and, I, and it was a perfect object lesson. I pulled all the guys around, and I said, look, this is a picture of what a lot of Christians look like. And I hit it, and it looked perfectly good on the one side. And I turned it around, and it was totally eaten out by termites. And then I dropped it, and it shattered. Amen. How many don't want that? How many don't want your life to look like that? What good does it do to fool other people if I'm fooling myself? I've got to be honest with myself. I've got to realize, God, there may be some things in me that I'm, that I'm trying to hide. Stop acting. Don't put on that facade that you've got it all together. Be humble and, and come to that throne room of grace boldly and say, Lord, I need some help. Amen. This isn't Hollywood. No one's going to get an Oscar or an Academy Award for acting in this place. Amen. Be real. That's one thing we need to be as a church. We need to be real. You want to get to heaven? Be real. How many are sick and tired of fake people acting like they got it together? Amen. Let's be real. Let's be real with God. Let's be real with ourselves. Let's, let's realize that what matters is what's on the inside, in the heart, what God is testing. I want to pass those tests. I can't speak for you. I want to be a man of integrity. I want to be a man of character. I want to make sure that in my life there's not those little things. I want to constantly be focusing on trying to, to let the Lord show me those little things. And maybe my wife will show me some things. Maybe you'll show me some things. But just show me, Lord, because I want to be a good example. I want to walk on solid ground. I want to get to heaven, and I want to have a reward. Amen. And I want to take people with me. Number three. Three reasons why I got to be honest. Because if I'm not honest with myself, it's impossible to be totally free. It's impossible. But you can be totally free because the Bible says if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Now, this isn't, I'm not talking about being saved or forgiven. I'm talking about being free. Free. Free from your past. Free from that thought life. Free from that addiction free. How many know that we have have a lot of testimonies in this church of people who've who've been delivered from alcohol and drugs and all kinds of different things? And how many know that the biggest thing that has to happen in an AA or NA meeting is that person has to stand up and say, I admit I am an alcoholic. I admit I am a drug addict. So people do that in AA meetings and NA meetings, but how many know we need to be as Christians, we need to be admit to God, I'm a sinner. And I need a Savior. And I've messed up. And I fall short. And I need to, I need to make some changes in my life. Amen. I'm going to be honest with myself because I want to be totally free. Does anybody in here want to be totally, absolutely free in God? Having nothing holding into your past. Nothing that comes back. Nothing that is dragging along. As that Bible verse says, laying aside every weight. You're never going to get rid of those weights if you're not honest with yourself. Now let's close this morning in Psalms, verse 51. There's some good examples in the Bible, but I don't know if there's a better one than David. For messing up and being honest with himself. But how many know sometimes before we become honest with ourselves, 
we have to make some mistakes first. David made some mistakes before he finally came clean. David had that, first he had the lust. Well, first, before he even had the lust, he was in the wrong place. Should have been at work. Should have been out with, the, with his team, but he stayed home. And then, instead of doing that, he found himself on the roof, and then he lusted. And then he fought, fell there, he could have confessed that sin, and instead of confessing that sin, then he goes and he sleeps with Bathsheba. And then he could have confessed that, and he could have came clean, he could have got honest with himself, but he didn't do that. Then he covered that up by killing Bathsheba's husband. And it goes on and on until eventually he loses the baby who's, who's conceived through his sin. So all these things happen, and David shows us that serious lack of integrity right in his life. But the good news is, the good gospel news this morning is we can all change. Amen? We can all get right. I'm here thankful for that. Amen. We can get right. But we got to start with ourselves. If you didn't hear Wednesday's message, go listen to it on the podcast about God's grace and mercy. Because it's really important we realize how powerful that is in our lives. So David finds grace and mercy, and he says, God, have mercy. And that's what we talked about Wednesday. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Do you all realize here this morning, whether it's been little lies or little thefts or little things, little sins, or your mass murderer, it doesn't matter. Do you all realize we would not be here today sitting in this place if it wasn't for his mercies? That's why I want you to go listen to that Wednesday night so I don't get sidetracked. According to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. I'm here thankful for that. Wash me clean thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from, watch how he gets this personal. He says, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. And he says, cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions. And my sin is always before me. Me. It's personal. Against you, this is what we've got to realize, only you have I sinned. Amen? When I sin, I'm not, I'm, I'm not hurting you. I'm not hurting somebody else. Although our sins do hurt other people, I'm hurting myself and I'm hurting God. Against you, only you have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Look at verse 5. Behold, this is important. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity. Some people have asked me over the years, you said we are born into sin. Show me where that's in the scripture. Well, just read what I just read. It's right there. We're born into sin. Someone asked me that one time. Show me in the scriptures. Okay, here you go. Because some people teach we're not born into sin. We're born into sin. He says, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin. My mother conceived me. We have, we, we're born liars. We're born cheaters. We're born stealers. We're born adulterers. We're born fornicators. We're born all these things. And we have to come to grips with that. And admit, I'm a sinner. So what David is doing. Behold, you desire truth. Now this is important. This is the key in the inward parts. He, he wants the truth in secret. 
Amen? He wants us to be honest with him when we're by ourselves with him. In the inward parts, in the hidden part, you will make me known to wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. This is how you get free, church. This is how you get totally free. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. How many know God will break some bones sometimes? He'll do some surgery on us. If, you're, if, if some of these messages hurt sometimes, it's healthy hurt. It's healing hurt. If that sheep gets out and goes out the gate, they break the sheep's bones. They break his bone to teach him a lesson, to not get out again. Sometimes God's got to break our bones. But it's, there's healing it, and we can actually get to where we rejoice in it. Lord, thank you for that. Because as, as, as Casey said in the first service at the end, quote, quoting something I said a, a few weeks back, it's better that God would re rebuke us in private than publicly in front of everybody else. How many would rather be honest with yourself and let God deal with you in private than to be publicly exposed? Because it'll come out. It will come out. Can you say it will come out? Pastor Jones taught us when I first started going to discipleship as the men, and I do this in our discipleship. You sit down and your first time and you open your Bible and you write down, she will tell. It'll come out. It will ha every, everything we do will come out. And if it doesn't come out on this side of heaven, it's going to come out on the other side. There's nothing. We talked about that Wednesday night that's hidden. So it's better that we say, Lord, fix me now. Amen? Break me now. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Now we're going to close with this right here. Create in me a clean heart. Okay, this is the last part I mentioned. It's necessary for us to be free. We have to be honest with ourselves and say, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Watch this. It's dangerous if you are more focused on somebody else than you are yourself. A lot of times, and I know I've said this already, but I feel like saying it again. A lot of times, we are good at pushing the, 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 you know, the, the blame off on somebody else so that we're not exposed. Be honest with yourself. Get real with yourself. Say, Lord, create in me a clean heart, and stop saying, Lord, create in them a clean heart. Lord, save my husband, change my wife, change my kids, change that person on my left, change that person on my right. David didn't say that. David said, create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Father, I ask you this morning to do Holy Spirit surgery on us, God. Lord, you know every person in this place. You know our hearts, you know our thoughts, you know our pasts, you know our futures. You know everything, God, and we want to be honest with ourselves this morning and realize that we need help. We need a Savior. We need forgiveness. We need redemption. We need hope. Lord, there's hope this morning because you're a forgiving God. You're a merciful God. You're a gracious God. Your mercies are new every morning, and great is your faithfulness. In this place, the Holy Spirit's working. 
Don't get mad if the Holy Spirit's convicting you or testing you or dealing with you. Say, Lord, thank you that you love me so much that you would deal with me. That you would bring that to light. Now, church, as he brings that to light, it's your job to deal with it. I can't deal with your sin. You can't deal with my sin. I can't change things for you. You can't change things for me. You can't confess for me. I can't confess for you. I'm not building your house. You're not building my house. I'm building my own house. You're building your own house. What kind of bed are you laying in this morning? What kind of house are you building this morning? The Bible says that there's two types of homes. There's two types of, of reward. Wood, hay, and stubble or gold, silver, and precious stones. What are you building on? Are you building on that foundation that's going to last when the wind blows, as Matthew says? Or are you building it on solid ground where that wind will blow and it won't, it won't fall down? That all depends on my honesty with myself. Jesus, help me today to trust your forgiveness, to trust what you did on the cross for my sins, to trust God that you paid a price for me so that if I would admit my sins, as you said in 1 John 1, and confess them, you'd be faithful and just to forgive me of all my sins. How many in this place, as you're praying, as the Holy Spirit's working on us as a church and working on us as individuals, would say, Pastor, I need that Jesus in my life. I need to have a real relationship. Maybe, maybe you're here and at some point in your life you, you believed in God you didn't really give him your life you didn't really surrender to him you didn't really give him everything and today God is saying give me your heart I don't want your mind I want your heart I want everything about you I want your honesty I want your your thoughts I want your actions I want it all honest with yourself how many would say I'm not saved just lift your hand up and say pray for me pastor I need Jesus this morning. I want Jesus to come into my life. Just put it up and put it back down all over this place. If you passed into eternity today, what would you say to a living God? What would you say to a just God when he asks you to give an account for your sins and for your life? I know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say Jesus. I'm going to plead the blood of Jesus, and I'm going to say he forgave me because he died for that on the cross. And he said that if I confessed my sins, he would be faithful and just to forgive me. I'm so thankful for his forgiveness. Do you know him? Do you really know him this morning? Not in your head, but in your heart. Are you being honest with yourself this morning? Do you know for sure that you're right with God? Only you can know that this morning. Maybe you're backslidden today, running, hiding. Maybe you're walking around with the facade. You think you've got everybody fooled, but you're only filling yourself. Be honest with God this morning. I'm not going to make a public spectacle of you. God doesn't want to make a public spectacle of you. But won't you be honest with yourself? Maybe you've been faking it for a long time. Stop faking it. Come clean with God. Say, God, I'm done running. I'm done lying. I'm done deceiving. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm going to be honest with myself because I want to go to heaven. Amen. Those are decisions only you can make. But these are things we must think about. We must, we must address in our lives. As we stand this morning, let's take a few minutes. Let's be honest with ourselves. Whether you turn around in your seat and pray there, or you find a place at the altar, 
Say, Lord, search me. Lord, create in me a clean heart, a right heart, a right mind, a right attitude. Help me, help me embrace your correction. Help me embrace sometimes the conviction that you put in my life that tells me I'm not going the right place. Lord, help me take off the facade today. Help me be honest with myself. As we begin to sing, let's just take some time. Let's just spend some time with the Lord. Amen. As the Holy Spirit leads you, just listen to him this morning. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.